for joining us on another episode of About Fate. Today, I'm kind of excited myself. I don't know if I've ever said that, but I'm kind of excited. I have one of my favorite people ever in the world here. <laughs> wow. Ever. You know, I know somebody's going to be like, what about Jesus? We ain't talking about Jesus. We know him. You know what I mean. <laughs> one right. Of my, one of my favorite people <clears throat> ever. Uh, Sister Evangelist. I don't want to be like that. Evangelist. Chanel America. I just say, say Shani. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm I'm honored to be here. Yeah. And quite flattered actually. I'm glad that you decided to stop by. Um, you know, you helped me out in my not so I'm gonna say I said not so saved days, but right. <laughs> <laughs> but in my uh childhood days you right. helped me out and talked me off the ledge a few times. So <laughs> uh I do appreciate all the words of wisdom you've given me in my lifetime. So I'm pretty sure you have some great things to share with the people today. So I'm putting pressure on you early. So, <laughs> so they, they're going to look for something good. So if you don't think you have nothing good, you find something good to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like to waste time. I like to just kind of jump right in. And Let's go. Just start with people. Just uh, tell us about yourself, you know, where you from. I'm pretty sure people know yeah. a little bit about you. So, <laughs> so I'm Shani Murray. I'm born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what. You know, of course, I was raised in church, full gospel, holy temple. Yeah. Um, grew up, went to Lobez Murray Christian Academy, just like yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, graduated from college, um, became a teacher. And uh, right now I'm serving as an assistant principal oh, wow. in Dallas ISD. So I, I live a pretty simple life. Okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty simple. How was it? Well, you know, you didn't just grow up in church. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> born in the church is yeah, more likely. Yeah, and I'm the, I call him the goat. So, yeah. <laughs> the greatest, you know what I mean? Like, um, how was that experience growing up in a family like that? I mean, like me, I could say, okay, I'm a preacher's kid, grandson, right? But it's different to be like the grandchild of the the organization's leader. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. So growing up, you know, didn't have that really, you know, that thought that you just said, you know, yeah. it, it was just one of those like regular childhoods. You're growing up with, you know, this is your granddaddy. This is yeah. your grandmother. These are your parents, you know, and it was, it was, it was like any other childhood, you know, you yeah. go see your grandparents and spend time and all that. And they, you know, like they give you a dollar, they give you 50 cents, here, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, those kind of things. But it wasn't until, ooh, let's see, appreciation, you know, an appreciation time when I realized, okay, wait a minute, this kind of big time, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't one of those, you know, phenomenal experiences. It was a, more of a um, scary experience because, you know, appreciation time, you know, that's when we come in and show our appreciation for our leaders and uh you know and and then we had to you know a lot of times be escorted out mm. for whatever reason yeah okay as a kid you know you you you're just thinking oh we just going to church my grandfather's the pastor you know right right it was during that moment that i realized well wait a minute what why they escorting us out like who are we right you know because i never grew up with this mindset of i'm a murray you yeah. know that's never been one of my that's, things that's one of y'all like I've had the privilege of talking to uh, all of you and your sister and brothers. Mm-hmm. And so no, none of y'all have that, like, 
mentality, like, you know what I mean? Like, even growing up, I could see, like, none of y'all ever had, like, that mentality. Really, you know, people have a list and have that mentality. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, man. Right. So, um, They've arrived. Yeah. No. Arrived. Like, I don't, we don't even know your name, but they, uh, right. they, people have that mentality, but all y'all were just so, uh, people probably wouldn't understand, like, I would say down to earth, right? Yeah. Serious about God, but still, like, down right. to earth right. people. And, and that's one thing I think maybe people don't understand or don't see, um, yeah, and I think we got that from my grandparents mm-hmm. and my grand and my father and mother. Uh, we were always taught we're no better than anybody else. Your mother saved my life a long time too. As a kid growing up with asthma, oh <laughs> right, right, the nurse. You know yeah. they call the nurse. Yeah. <laughs> right. We we've never we we've always been taught we're no better than anybody else. Um, but it wasn't we weren't taught that in the in the from the lens of look who you are. Right. It was just always hey we're we're the same by the grace of god you know as anybody else and if it wasn't for the grace of god that we could be you know that next person on the street and so even in in the church world you know we brought that mentality in you know it was never one of those things where you know you're you should feel like you're put on a pedestal or you're entitled because of your name then you know i am so grateful you know now at, at this age at this point in my life i'm grateful for the name yeah. Just because I realized God loved me enough yeah. to put me in the ministry, right. in this family, right. you know, and, and that's not to, you know, boast, but that's boasting in the Lord right, right. that I could have been somewhere else, yeah. you know, and, and the fact that Apostle Murray yeah. obeyed the voice of the Lord right. and God loved me enough to put me here so that he could save me. That's where the pride comes from. Yeah. But as far as the name, you know, uh, uh, it's just like. We we everybody anybody else you right, know right, right, <laughs> you right, know we right. anybody else but I love the fact and, and and to go back to what you were saying you know how did how was that growing up for me personally uh I don't know why but I looked at my grandparents like the church members looked at them mm. like they were my grandparents when they were my grandparents. But on the inside of me, I would be shaking yeah. just to be oh, in their presence, yeah. you know, because I thought, oh, my God, this yeah. is this is God's man. Right. This is, you know, this is a great woman of God. And I would be so nervous as a kid talking to them because I had that that reverence yeah. for them. And I couldn't figure out why, you know, yeah. all my other brothers and sisters, you know, they running around, you know, <laughs> but I had such a reverent fear for them. That I couldn't do a lot of things, you know. Not saying that they did, they because yeah. they didn't, but just being a normal kid. But I, I now I just feel so blessed to have been one of their grandchildren because of the foundation that they've laid. Yeah, you know, and I still can't really appreciate it as much as someone else until you see other people come in. I remember one time I was on the street and I have no idea how this happened, but this man says, "You're Murray, aren't you?" Out of the blue. Yeah. You know, and I said, yeah, yes, I am. He said, you look just like your grandfather, Pastor Murray. And I was just like, I don't know this man from (laughs) from the next person. Like, how do you know that? Yeah. But that made me proud, you know, uh, because to me, I think, you know, people respect him. But they respect him for the standard, you know, that he lived and the standard that he set. And, And I, to me. 
you know, that was just a sense, that was a, a sense of pride right then to be, you know, seen as part of his family. You know, that now that's where I feel such pride. Yeah. It's kind of like when you say like the standard that he lived, it's because he was like unchanging. People actually, yes. as much as people act like they want people to be the same, they, they respect people that they look at and they see and they're like, you're the same all the time. Um, because if he's loyal to God and he's not changing, that means he's a loyal man. You can respect him. He has great character. Right. Cause you haven't seen, you don't see him waver. You don't see him change. You see them be the same all the time. So. Right. And he was, he was that way at home, yeah. you know, I mean, unchanging the same way you saw him at church. Yeah. That's how he was at home. He was quiet at home sometimes yeah. until he got to talking about God, and he <laughs> yeah, talk, yeah. you know, the Bible, the scripture, the move of God that he used to. Uh, experience as a young person then he started talking but he was the same yeah. i mean the man the i won't call him the man the um apostle was f- just a phenomenal man of god you know yeah. i remember as a kid riding in in the car with him we'd be going to the store he'd yeah. be taking us to the zoo or somewhere and just be quickening and I would sit in the back seat, like, yeah. you know, here go this Reverend Fear, like, shut up, don't say nothing, be quiet, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I don't care where he was or what mm-hmm. was happening. It was like he was always in the presence of God. Yeah. And you just had to sit back and just, you know, respect that, you know, reverence that and just shh, let him talk to God. Yeah. And that, to me, that's that, that's what I remember growing up, like, that, that foundation they laid, they put that there. So yeah. even when we grew up and, and you know, the enemy tried to take us all out, right, right, right. want us to do our own thing. I never could get away from the, the, the example that he said or the example that my mom and dad said, you yeah. know, when I was a kid. And so even when I grew up and tried to do my own thing, that foundation, that, that word of God, you know, the, the, the model life that they they lived before me yeah. that stayed at the forefront of my mind, and it you know, and I thank God for that because He kept that at the forefront of my forefront of my mind to keep me from straying too far yeah. out. You know, yeah, um, that that's I mean, I don't know. That's I've been like in that family. I've been like, this is too much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, well, now, of course, we all felt that I did because. You know, growing up at LMCA, yeah. You know, all the kids just about went to full gospel. Went, yeah. went to church. Um, you went to church Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. You went to rehearsal Thursday night. You know, when they took out the Thursday night service, yeah. then we went to some three o'clock. So it was a lot of pressure, you know, because growing up, you you saw a lot of young people go out and do things, right? You know, and we couldn't do those things, right? You know, and, and we would, I would often ask questions now, why they get to do it and we can't. Yeah. And my parents says, because we have a standard. Yeah. You know, not only do we have a standard, but a lot of people look to us, yeah. you know, to, to, for that standard, you know, so to speak. Um, not that they put us on a pedestal, but they look at your life. And if you, because of the responsibility, right, right. Because of the responsibility that you have. As a Murray, now here come that pressure. Yeah. As a Murray, the responsibility that you have, you can't do certain things. Now, as a kid, as a teenager, to me, that felt unfair. Right. You know, why I got to do that? You know, these people are grown or they have their own, you know, you hear, uh, don't worry about the Joneses. Yeah. 
but you know, what if the Jones is worried about you? Yeah. You know, but my, my parents is like, no, we have this standard we have to live by. Uh, we love God. We don't compromise. And yeah. so that means my kid's not going to compromise. And, yeah. and so that pressure was absolutely there. That's probably like, you probably just helped a lot of teenagers with that right there, not even realizing. Because even me growing up, just being growing up in the church, you have the same standard. Your parents don't want to feel like they're a part of like, hey, I, especially like ministers' parents. Like I grew up, like even my granddaddy is a pastor in the mm-hmm. ministry and then my mama is a a, a preacher right and my stepdad right. is also a preacher so it's just like <laughs> and so nobody want they don't want to feel like they're dropping the ball mm-hmm. of what the standards are in the ministry so again as even a kid you know i teenage i had the same question like uh why can't i do this uh, my friends they go to my friends exactly my friend that i'm sitting at church with. right go to the same <laughs> church you know they're doing the same thing and I look back now and I'm like, I, I appreciate it because some of those same friends aren't saved, you know, right. and, but it helped me to, those questions helped me to seek God for myself. Eventually. Exactly. Like, I want to know the answers. Like if I feel like, oh, man, I can't get the answer. I want to know like why, right. why I can't, you know, why can't I need to understand it? And I don't, I mean, sometimes, you know, growing up, I guess you can need, uh, I end up being vulnerable a lot on here. I try to open up. Growing up, I, I understand now, like, my mom them coming from the streets. She may not have had all the answers to give me, but she did the best. You know what I mean? She tried yes. to do the best she could. And, again, if you train me up, you know, just pray you do what's right. Like, look at, I mean, I end up doing things that I wasn't taught to do. But, like you said, it's always in your head of, like, I know what's right. I know what's mm-hmm. going on. And even though I may not have knew the why then, I understand the why now. Right. Because I searched for those answers. And it's not like, it makes sense. Like that standard that they held up. You're like, it makes sense. It makes more sense. It makes than sense. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and you don't understand it as a kid, you know. And you, now that I look back, you know, I realize that, it, it, you know, it was just the enemy. Right. You right, know, right, the, right. you know, when they look at me or they look at you, he right. saw something that God wanted to use in us and right. tried to stop it ahead of time, you right, know. Right. And, and I remember, you know, as a teenager, if I can just tell a brief part of my testimony, you know, that pressure got to me and I wanted to be, you know, I used to say, when I turned 18, you know, I, like like everybody yeah, else, yeah, you know, yeah. when I turned 18, I'm not coming back to church. We do this too much. You know, I don't yeah. want to do this, you know, and, and, and I found myself trying to move in that direction. But I also remember, you know, you know, being out, going with my friends, you mm-hmm. know, trying to do things that they, that they did. Yeah. And I specifically remember one time, <clears throat> and this happened a lot before God saved me. He just started convicting me, and I would be in the car, you know, and then we'd be listening to music, you right, know, right, right, you right. know, having a good time. And I remember specifically, we going to the park, hang out at the park, and they they were having a good time, and they were laughing, and we all laughing, and it's like the bottom fell out of my heart, you yeah. know. All of a sudden, I looked at the moon, uh-huh. and you know how the moon comes in; it has this orange, just red color. Right. And at that moment, I said, "Wait a minute, what's the scripture? What's the scripture? Oh, wait a minute." Is it the sun should darken or is the moon should darken? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm out there trying to live this life, you know, because of the pressure and, and thinking I don't want to live safe. Yeah. You know, and God said, oh, no, you won't, you right, know. Right. And I kept, I couldn't remember the scripture. I couldn't remember the scripture. And I was like, oh, God, what is it? Lord, forgive me. You know, I just started trying to 
that's that word, you know, that foundation, you know, it is in me. I said, Lord, forgive me. But then, of course, you know, when when I finally realized, oh, the sun should darken. Yeah. Moon should go down the blood. But still, oh, the moon red, you know. Yeah, yeah, your mind is Your mind, mind, (laughs) mind going, but, you know, but that was part of that pressure. You want to do what everybody else doing because the enemy's trying to make you feel like this life that God has given you is too much. Right. And not realizing if you just stay with it, you know, that you'll understand everything. God will make it all clear in his time. Right. You know. It's just like, Tina, you feel like, you feel like you missed out on something, but eventually you realize, like, you didn't miss out on something. Yeah, right. Well, the stuff you missed out on, you you should be glad you Glad, glad. (laughs) You're glad. And and, and I am. You know, I think now, because I'm glad God saved me when he did. What was that? Uh, I kind of, I kind of didn't get to it. No, see. (laughs) Um, 17. 17. 17. So, Lord didn't even let me get to 18. 18. You see yeah, how it yeah, worked? Yeah. Started <laughs> he didn't dealing even with let, you yeah, yeah. I started watching young people during the youth congress. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it was something pulling at me. And I was like, wow, these are young people. You know, I used to watch, um, you know, the young people from Simsport mm-hmm. come up, you yeah. know, and minister during the youth congress and so many others. And I would sit there in church, and I would think, these are young people? Like, yeah. they in church? They yeah. Not just, because I was in church, but they enjoy yeah. doing this, you yeah. know? And that did something to me. That that just planted a seed in me. And, and from that point, the seed just started to grow. And I remember <clears throat> giving my life to God one, one, one Sunday. And after that, God just started dealing with me, yeah. you know? And I remember... Um, being in Marshall as, as probably, I think I'm around 18, 17 or 18. And I remember sitting there and we were in the house with Bishop Kill and Evangelist Kill and my parents and the sisters and brothers and everyone else were my parents and Bishop and was in the kitchen talking. My sisters and brothers were playing and I was sitting there watching TV and, and I saw uh, a documentary about Muslims. And they were sitting there, and they were sitting there so intensely listening to the speaker. I can't even remember who the speaker was. And I remember just sitting there as a teenager and God saying, you see how they're sitting there? Yeah. You know, how dedicated they are? That's how you need to be. Right. Just be dedicated. Look at them. They're, they're, they're sitting. You know, they're listening. They're not moving. They're backing up the man of God. And I just thought, wow. Yeah. You know, God just started talking to me just right, in that right, right. room. And then I remember when I left, I couldn't get that out of my head. So we had a trailer. I walked across. And while I was walking across, he said, tell it. Tell the truth. Tell it. Yeah. And that's when I, I was like, tell it. Tell the truth. Yeah. Well, you know, you yeah. know, you know, tell it like it is. Tell the truth. And that's when I knew God had something for me to yeah. do because he kept saying it over and over yeah. again. And so <clears throat> I went and talked to, you know, my grandfather and, and he just kind of, you know, confirmed it for yeah. me, you know, yeah, how, yeah, you know yeah, how you yeah. do that. So that's when I knew something. Yeah. Y'all all, uh, well, three out of four y'all are at least ministers. Uh, that's like cheating. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell, I didn't tell, uh, Elder Peter that when he was saying, like cheese, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, possible beer, <laughs> then um even uh your father and brother, uh, yeah. I've listened to like uh Reverend Herbert seems like tapes and that's like yeah, that's like cheese. He was deep. <laughs> that's like cheese. You got this yeah. like 
because you had like great teachers around too. Like they weren't just great preachers. Like they could right. also really break down the word and teach it to you. Right. So, I was like, oh, that's that's probably so easy for y'all. Well, I don't know about easy, but you know, <laughs> I don't know about easy, but I can say, we, you know, we are blessed. I mean, I think about that, and and sometimes I sit back and I go, wow, you know, I, I look at my brothers and I'm like, wow, you know, yeah. like these are some phenomenal preachers, you yeah. know, and and I don't know, I just feel like I said, godly proud of them, but I feel just unbelievably honored and blessed. I know, you be preaching this stuff. I don't they yeah. know. They need to go on YouTube and look nah. up those videos. Oh, no. <laughs> you know I don't listen to myself, right? I, I cannot. Mean, I can't do it. I can't they, do it. They need but. to go look at some of those videos. Yeah. But that's amazing. So, um, I, I know you got, I always ask everybody, I'm going to ask you too. After you got saved, you got filled with the Holy Ghost. Did the walls look new? When you came yeah. Out. Okay. Yeah. I was messing with everybody because I know we Absolutely. said Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, to me, the sun was brighter. Okay. You know, I actually had the experience. I used to listen as a kid. I was like, what? You mean your hands look new, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I felt like a weight was lifted, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like I said, as a teenager, I'm out there trying to do my thing. Yeah. You know? But the pressure's still on you because you know you you do not belong out here. Right, you right, know right. you don't belong, and everybody know you out belong out there. And the thing is, you know you don't belong. You know you're not looking right at that, but you're still trying oh, to perpetuate yeah, trying this out. image, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so to get saved as a teenager and come out of that, everything looked new. Everything felt fresh. You know, yeah. I felt the weight lifted. I don't have to pretend anymore. Right, right. You know, I can actually be saved. Right. You know, like like I saw these teenagers. Yeah. You know, and I felt proud. You know, and I felt good when I walked back in church. You know. Yeah. At that time, I was hanging out with it was a huge group of us, and but when I got saved, you know how they do. They start scattering because yeah. you don't do what they do. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah, don't talk yeah. how they talk anymore, and you start trying to, you know, witness to them. You know. Yeah. So I looked up, and I, all my group of friends were gone. Yeah. You know. But I didn't care. Yeah. You know, I felt that glow on myself. I felt the power of God, you felt know. Good. Felt good. Yeah. I even moved. I used to sit on the back row of the church. Yeah. I moved down to like the third or fourth row, you I know. I was just talking <laughs> talking to um, uh, my wife about that. Like, when I got saved, I used to sit at the back. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was just like. I need to get closer than this. Right. <laughs> like, right. I, I, could, I could easily hear at the back, but it was right. just something like, I'm like, I need to be closer. Like, I just, it's, it's like the power was down front. Yeah, you're you like, know? can I sit on the pulpit? Right. Like, right. I don't right want to sit to there, I, say, I just want to sit right next to the podium. Like, can I sit right there? Like, right. Because what, whatever they feeling, I want that on me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what like, I did. And that's how it is, too, when you get saved, too. Like, even though you have friends that you grew up in church with, um, it's one of those weird things where it's like, and, you actually get it, and you actually get saved. Even you would think that they will understand. Right. It's like, it's like it's, they don't, and you still you can find yourself as a teenager. I mean, I was twenty, but you can still find yourself being by by yourself. By yourself. Yeah, you're like, and I, I, it's it's an important period when you get saved because you kind of need that so you can mm-hmm. learn to hear the voice of God. Because <clears throat> if not, you'll have too many voices. True. In your head, and you won't learn. And then you learn how to pray. Yes. It's like this, you start building that foundation right. early, praying, reading your Bible, how to study it, and you learn mm-hmm. how to listen to the voice of God. But it's probably one of the. I mean, I guess you know, growing up in church, well, I guess one thing we can talk about together because 
when you get saved, you would think those they will understand, but they pull away. You're like, man, I thought we were closer than this, right? <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? Right. And at least you will understand. But it's one of the weirdest things I think that even kids now growing up in church, if you do, you know, if you're not right, of course, you need to get your life to God. But Absolutely. understand that, you know. They, those friends in church may not understand either, and it's 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 the weirdest thing. It is very weird because a lot of times these are the ones you grew up with, so it's like you know the word. Yeah, and know. if you know the word, then you know I don't understand why you have an issue with me. And it's not that you got you just got saved. You know, it's that they all of a sudden have an issue. Yeah, with the fact that you chose to turn your life around. Right. You know, and 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 it took me a minute because I didn't understand that as a teenager, and that really bothered me. You right. know, like here I was. You know, I'm your one of your closest friends. Right. To yesterday, yeah. today I give my life to God, which is a huge upgrade to what I was doing. You should, you should definitely you sh- understand. Exactly. You <laughs> should understand, but it was just because, you know, God had it that way. And right. I, I, I'm grateful because it taught me to stand on my own. Right. You know, even as a teenager, you have to learn that, you know, mm-hmm. and if you, if you're going to be successful in this walk, yeah. you, you really have to own, you have to realize that the only person I can rely on is God. Right. You know, right. and that's where God, puts us some some of us you know uh that choose to really because you know it could have been that you and i decided we wanted our friends more you know but it was that this is the life i want to live god i love god with all my heart my mind my soul everything so if this is the life i'm gonna live god do what you got to do if you got to separate me from those friends separate me from those friends because i know what you have for me down the road is much better than this temporary you know fun i'm having with these group group of friends he always replaces i've had this conversation with multiple people he always replaces uh quantity with quality Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. And what you, you know, because you have people that are popular and they love, like, mm-hmm. oh, I got a bunch of friends. Yeah. I don't give up my, my, my bunch of friends. Like, they want to be popular, especially in this day and age of social media. Everybody wants mm-hmm. to be popular. Um, but even adults fall into that trap. Uh, right. Yes. <laughs> but God will give you, like, the quality that right. you're missing in those friends. Right. And now, I'm not saying that friends, like, when you're not saved, or you have some people that are loyal to, they will die for you. Right. <laughs> but, right. But God will also give you those type of friends that are going to pray with you. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. As much as a friend that die for you, a prayer partner. Uh, uh, I mean, may, may I mean something that. more. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Exactly. So God always uh, finds a way to give you uh, that quality back. Um, so I think we can say uh, it doesn't stop there, right? And I know um, and we both know, like, the devil is trying to get us back. He's trying to talk about it. You know, he wants to fight, right? And mm-hmm. um, as we go through um, our life and we go through our walk with Christ, there are things we experience and trials and tribulations that uh, come up in our life and it, it helps us. I just want to know, did you have any of those type of experiences that you could um, share with us, you know, maybe scriptures that you stood on during that, that period? And, you know, how did God just bring you out of those situations and, um you know, maybe something that cause somebody else, we know, a lot of times it, uh, what is it, nothing, that's nothing new under the sun. But, mm-hmm. And other people are going through some of the same things and they, they may be wondering. We just try to, I always try to see, like, let people know, like, hey, man, like, somebody else has been on that, that path before. Right. <clears throat> of course. I mean, you know, you know, I often 
tell my family, you know, or, you know, my friends, you know, it just seems like my life, the mm. way it's set up, was just meant to go through. Wow. You know, yeah. just one trial after another. And it wasn't just, it just didn't seem like they were just trials. Some of them, to me, you know, I used to hear the, the late apostles say, you know, trials or those, you know, things that come up in your life, you know, but they stay for a little while. Yeah. You know, tribulations are ones that go over years yeah, and extended yeah. period of time. And it just seemed like, I, you know, the trials would come, but it's like, Lord, was, was, was I uh, dedicated to tribulation? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> these things don't seem to be going right, away, right, you know? Right. And uh, just one in particular, you know, everybody knows, you know, I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, that was one of the hardest things in my life, yeah. you know, and the enemy tried to use it to, you know, take me out of church. Yeah. <clears throat> and I specifically remember uh, sitting in church one day and, and just thinking, you know, this is too difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't stay here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to do this. Right. You know, and, and I remember, you know, a message, you know, just fighting. I would just be fighting, mm-hmm. you know, to stay. Yeah. You know, and and I remember one particular time sitting in church and I knew where the enemy was trying to take me. And it was difficult for me to keep my mind on God, mm-hmm. you know, because of the emotional talk. That's a lot of uh, things all day you get to hear. And, it, uh, and uh, it's not... I mean, people don't do in church. We don't have time to like. You're like, man, we got we got to move on. So you understand that, and I, I we always talk about that. Um, I always talk about that with people, and then you talk about like the emotions. So it's like sometimes uh-huh. like I can give you, I can only give you like the high points of right what what happened, right. the snippet, because right. I'm trying to like I'm not trying to take up the time. You know what I mean? But right. The emotional part is sometimes we don't get to get. U.S. where people are talking about what their trial that they went right. Like we we don't talk about it, and of course, you know, you, you know, marriage is honorable in God's sight, and right. that's that's the end goal, right? You know, but that don't always happen, right? And so, right. you know, sometimes we have to sit and we have to actually talk about that, right? You know, because if we don't, there are a lot of people in the church that are actually emotionally drained, mm-hmm. you know, or can go into a, a depression if you know they don't have the right outlet. Right, you right, know, right. and that's kind of where I was, you know, and the enemy was trying to take me out, you know, um, because, you know, growing up, you have this whole view of your life. And mm-hmm. when it doesn't turn out the way you want it to, then the enemy try to drop seeds of doubt, mm-hmm. you know, in your heart, you know. And, and at one point in time, I think you might have heard me say this at some point in time in one of my messages, you know, I start wondering, is there a level to God's love for me? You know, because, uh, you know, I, I grew up with my parents, you know, I never saw them fussing and fighting, you know, those things. So I could not understand why I was, you know, going through this myself, yeah. you know. And so, you know, the, like I said, the enemy tried to take me out. And I remember one Sunday sitting there and the pastor is preaching and I could feel I could hear the enemy in my ear saying, I'm getting ready to possess you. You know, and at this point, I could feel like a a presence starting at my feet, trying to come all the way up, you know, because you need to keep your mind. You know, I want to encourage people in church. Keep when you're in church, you keep your mind on God in church because you don't know what's going on in the sanctuary. And at that time, you know, I I was just so emotionally drained that I didn't have the strength to fight anymore. But in that moment. I remember God kind of quickening me like, you got to fight this. Yeah. 
And so as it was coming up on me, just rising, I, and I said, Mm-mm, I started pleading the blood right then, sitting in church. Yeah. Like the preacher's preaching. And I'm going through an emotional and uh, a spiritual warfare right there in, in my seat, you know? It happens just like that. I mean, just like that. And I started pleading the blood and, and I had to fight it so much and plead so much to in it, it seemed like it just took all service. Yeah. But it may not have taken that long, but it broke. Like it broke in that moment. And that's when I started realizing, okay, you got to fight this off. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't sit here and settle in this. You got to handle this correctly. And uh, I remember a scripture that really helped me was, you know, Luke 22 and 32, where where Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan wants to sift you as wheat, you know. And and when you look at sift, it's like, you know, you you know, sifting, you've taken this. But but he's trying to pull away the most important parts of you. And I knew that was my spiritual walk with God, my faith in God. Right. And so when he, but then what, what stood out more in, in that scripture, because God brought it to me was that Jesus said, I have prayed for you, right, right. you know, and I'm getting excited yeah. now, <laughs> you know, because, you know, you, I used to call my mom, mom, pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. I knew she was a woman of God, you right, know, right, right. you know, okay, I'm good. You know, grandma will pray for me. Granddad, I need you to pray for me. You know, and you knew that God would do something. But when God showed me that scripture. And now Jesus is greater than my grandparents. He's greater than my, you know, my, 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 uh, my father, my mother, you know, and he's praying for me. Jesus fight for me. I mean, you, you you know, you think about it. Yeah. Everybody that Jesus prayed for in the Bible, their life changed for the better. And so when Jesus, when God starts showing me, but he's praying for you, like he's that mediator, my faith immediately increased. And I realized. I'm on the right side of this thing, you know, right. that, you know, that Jesus got my back. And if Jesus got my back, I can't fail. Yeah. So why am I, why am I losing faith? You know, life is going to get better, you know, and, and it was at that point where I started, you know, instead of falling prey to my emotions and falling to a depression and things like that, that's when I started, I found myself, okay, I'm not going to give in to the enemy. I started coming to Sunday school. Right. You know, you. I started immersing myself in the that's, things of God and ministry. That's fighting. Uh, and fighting. I, I was going to. Uh, I know I didn't put this in, but I know you're equipped to answer this question. Like, how how do you fight like spiritually? Because people talk about spiritual warfare. I think a lot of people don't know actually how to fight a spiritual war as, as someone who had to actually do it. Right. Like, so let me give you an example, <clears throat> because just the same trial, you know. When when my faith began to increase and I understood that God began to show me how to fight, mm-hmm. you know, I started thinking, you know, okay, God, you know, today, you know, I'm really having problems, you know, and my mind is all over the place. I'm trying to get depressed, you know, those things, you know, and then God started showing me how. So instead of focusing on, you know, the negatives that are happening, instead of focusing on that, pray, right. you know, pray, right. you know, and don't just... Don't just pray, but pray in faith, right, you know? Right. And so I started waking up and every morning I said, Lord, I thank you for more peace today than I had yesterday. Yeah. Now that's just assuming, you know, and right, I don't right, care right, how right. turbulent my day was at some point in time in that day, I had a level of peace. Right. You know, I don't care if, if I was distracted with my kids or something else, that was a level of peace. Yeah. 
So then the next day, I started thinking, God, I thank you today for more peace than I had yesterday. Right. So even if the peace was increased, you know, a little bit, a little bit at a time, that's, that was my way of fighting. Right. And then after a while, I started realizing I didn't have to pray that prayer anymore because what happened was the peace, I just started asking in faith. And when I asked in faith, that peace increased so much till my mind was no longer bogged down with emotions. You know, I just started thinking about the good things of God, you know, waking up, praising God. Lord, I thank you. You know, I know it was something good is going to happen to me today, you know, (laughs) whereas I used to wake up, you know, downtrodden, heavy, you know, uh, emotional, you know, crying, things like that. Now I woke up with the joy of the Lord and that's yeah. because the fight and it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. You know, it, it, you have to, I don't care. The enemy throws things and uh, you're going to always be like this. You're going to always be depressed. Stop worrying about it. What you fighting for? Right. And no, you got to ignore that and stand on the word of God and know that God's word is true. Yeah. One thing, uh, two things that you were talking about, because I was getting excited too. You know, <laughs> you know evangelists talking to evangelists. Just right. <laughs> Uh, and I started thinking about two things. So, of course, I like to watch sports. I like basketball. Most. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about how people would talk uh, documentary like last year. They did the um, the last the dance. last dance. Yeah, you know, and they would talk about how even if they were down, like they didn't worry because they look over and they know who they got. There like, you I, go. I, I got yeah. I got that man on my team. There you go. And so that's how I feel like we should be right. Like no matter the trial, no matter the situation. When you start talking about I got Jesus praying for mm-hmm. me, I, thought, I I look in the word and I realize who I have on my exactly. Team. So exactly. When I read through the scriptures, I understand I got that man I mean, or the man, the man <laughs> on my team. Yeah, there and is none of no other. I, I got I got you know the one and only. Yes, on my team. Absolutely. And then, um, uh, another thing um, that you talked about while worrying out the saints and. Uh, that that well, you talked about like he talked about he'll try to wear you out, right? He, uh-huh. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get you into a place <clears> where <throat> you feel just wore out and you feel like you can't fight back. But it started making me think about you said just a little bit at a time like working out, mm-hmm. and a lot of times you don't see it when you first start working right. out. Like um, I watch bodybuilders too, so uh, <laughs> I, I can find an analogy and I was in, I preach an analogy anything, right? Right. right. So, like, a lot of times what they would do is uh, until increase it just a little bit. They'll put five pounds on at the mm-hmm. end of the set. Yeah. And so that's going to increase my strength. Your strength. And I'm going right. to do a little bit at a time and until I get, I, I don't just jump from this to that big jump, but it'll just be a little bit. Right. And that little bit will increase. And then before you know it, you'll get to those those goals or you'll get where you're trying to get. Oh, yeah, that just made me think about uh, those type of things. That's how you fight. And it's how to, like working out. That's like, you're you, right. You to work out my own salvation. That's what you did. You worked it out like right i'll find this little piece uh-huh. and it'll be a little more next time uh-huh. yeah. and not not realizing that even the the heavy like you said the heaviness of it you know you think you come out of it, and then here comes something else right. you know it's like those weights again right, right. you know okay i gotta this is a heavy lift again right, but right. that heavy lift is actually strengthening your spiritual life it's right, strengthening right. your your prayer life and that's you know and if you're not careful, you don't recognize that. Right, you right. know, you become too too caught up in what the enemy is saying, not realizing that your trials come to make you strong. Right, you right, know, right. and that's what I realized. And I said, 
oh, oh okay. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel good, right? You yeah. know, but of course, you know, it does, right, right. <laughs> you know, you work out sometimes. I worked out one time, and boy, I said, okay, I'll never do that. I thought I was gonna die, you yeah, know. Yeah. And, and then, you, but then you're like, oh, I feel oh, that feel good. good. Yeah, oh, feel yeah. Good. yeah. Oh, I, I look a little better, yeah, you yeah, know. So. Exactly right. But it's the same thing. Spiritual life, you you, you come out of you like, oh, I'm a little stronger. Yeah. Oh. I know how to fight the devil a little more, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and and you feel good because you stood on the word of God and yeah. you see the, the word of God in in um, exercising your life and you actually see it manifesting in your yeah. prayer life, you know, yeah. and and that that feels good. Not only that, but I feel good because I didn't let God down in this trial, right? You know, and that's yeah. my whole thing. I don't ever want to let God down. I want to yeah. be pleased with anything I put forth, yeah. and to know that this trial didn't take me out. And then I trusted in him, and and he might be smiling, yeah. You know, at the yeah. way I came through it, yeah. yeah. That's what excites me. I love it. Um, any scriptures you stood on during those those times? That one, I stood on that one. Yeah, that Jesus prayed for yeah. me. Um, any? Uh, well, we already talked about like I was gonna say, do you have any spiritual heroes? But I feel like I already know where that one's kind of going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just naturally, my grandparents and, and my, my mother and my father, my mother, you know, just, you know, the things that she's endured, you know, with the passing of my father and, and just to watch her life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the strength that yeah. she exercised. You know, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, this interview and I thought about something. I said, you know, we talk about single parents, but we talk about single parents a lot in the sense of, uh you know, divorced parents, right. you know, or parents where the mother or the father left. But I never thought about my mother in the sense of, you know, my father passed and she literally had to take up, right. you know, raising the rest of us. Now I was, how was I? I was 21, I believe, 21 but she still or 22, you know, through, you know she I mean? still and, came through, yeah, you know, and, and, and she never compromised. Right. You know, that was the thing about it. My parents taught us. There's no compromise in living for God. We love God with everything. Right. And if you don't, if you're not saved, you're going to act like you're saved. You know, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. You yeah, know, yeah, they, yeah. they put that foundation. But I watched my mother, and to me, she never compromised mm-hmm. in, in anything. And she taught us to always love God. You know, and, and everything you're going to do, you're going to do to the glory and honor of God. You're going to do it at the standard of holiness. And so I would have to say, of course, my grandparents, my, my mom, she is my spiritual hero because I don't care what happens. She uses the word, mm-hmm. you know, she stands on the word. Um, the word is in her. She yeah. embodies the, the fruits of the spirit, you yeah. know, everything. And, 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 and I look at her and I said, boy, that's, that is a woman of strength. I yeah. mean, a real woman of God. And, and I pray all the time. I said, Lord, make me the, the a holy mother. Right. Like she is, so that yeah. my kids can look at my life and go, okay, my mom never compromised. Yeah. You know, I I want to be like her. Yeah, you know. I'm so, from from away, look like you're doing a great job. So uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, is there a? Well, I know you work at like different parts in different auxiliaries at the church. Uh, mm-hmm. One that I'm a part of, your mm-hmm. own uh, mm-hmm. soul harvest. Soul harvest. Yeah. What does like working with that mean to you? It's 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 an un unbelievable honor. You know, when I was asked to be the president, I, you know, I felt 
you know, just in that split second, overwhelmed. Like, because you had such a great leader in Elder Beck, you know, and then before him, the apostle himself, you know. And so to me, the the work and the task, you know, was just a mental, mentally it was overwhelming. But when you think about, you know, having this organization and being able to be instrumental in getting it to a place where it's effective in winning souls, you know, that, that excites me, you know, and I take that on with, with great responsibility because again, so harvest, you know, the harvest is out there. Our purpose is to go out and rescue souls from, you know, the, the hands of Satan and from the kingdoms of hell and to be the leader. I mean, there's so much I want to do with this organization, you know, of course the pandemic didn't allow us, but now, that it's starting to clear up, you know, I'm ready to get out there, you know, and, and, and teach, you know, help prepare other people, you know, teach them and how to win souls, how to go out, you know, because a lot of people are nervous, you know, when they go out and not don't really know how to witness, you know, but if we can get out there and take the gospel to the world, to the world, you know, the good news of Jesus Christ to the streets, not just the streets, but I'm looking at going to other countries, other right, states, right, right. you know, venturing out, you know, to me, it doesn't get any better than right, that right, because right. that's what, that's what the great commission is about. You know, I, I would, I could do that, you know, easily, you know, getting in the pulpit, you just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, you know, you, you, the people that are <laughs> They just listen to right. Apostle Obias, right? Sister Mary, and you got to come behind all of that. Like, yeah, no. What they said last week, right? <laughs> you right. You want to say? Uh, and remember, Apostle said this yesterday. And Apostle, yeah. you know, Amen. Stand Amen. To Stand to your feet. You know what everything he said. But um, but you know, when you go out on those streets, that one one, you know, that's when I really feel like I'm doing God's work. Yeah. You know. Even if the even if that person doesn't turn their life around, I'm out there. You know, I, I picture us at Soul Harvest and other people at street ministries like the apostles. Yeah. You know, when they ventured out two right. by two, yeah. you know, yeah. going out and taking the word to the you know to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. You know, that's I'm like we are the modern day disciples, right. and we have to take that uh, that that call right. and that ministry seriously. And and to me. That's where I'm ready to get started and push so harvest. It's one of those things like witnessing. Uh, I think you talked about we need to do an episode of like witnessing, mm-hmm. how to witness. That'll be amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but when you talk about like witnessing and going out, I feel like it does a few things. Uh, one thing when you start talking to people that especially with this information that you start realizing that where you need to study. Yes. Yes. I, I don't think a lot of people. You know, it's easy to come to church and talk to saints. Absolutely. That know the word because I'm an amen. Mm-hmm. But how do you answer questions when somebody has real questions? You know, because the Bible doesn't right. tell us to answer a fool according to his folly. Right. And then not to answer <clears throat> a fool according to his folly. So, I mean, there is a time where a person is genuine mm-hmm. in asking their questions. And I should have an answer to it. You should have right? a question. The Bible tells us that too, right? We're right. ready to give an answer, right? Right. Uh, and so I, I, I should have an answer. For someone, and you'll start realizing that you don't. You, you're like, <laughs> I need to go study. Need to go study, right. <laughs> right. Right, especially for, for these uh, people who are immersed in other religions. Right. You know, and they're coming and they're trying to challenge you. Not that you want to argue the word of God, 
you know, but if you come across someone who's really, really embedded in another religion and they really trying to seek truth, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll pull out, you know, what they think are fallacies in the Bible. And if you're not prepared for that, you know, you're standing there bumbling, you know, yeah. and at that point you've lost that person because you, person. you don't even have an answer for your own, what you, you know, Why your you own know? beliefs. Why should I, why should I change Why should I? I? Exactly right. And, and it's one of those things where I've learned over the years. I mean, going out, um, I've had great people to help me. Uh, Judah, uh, Elder Judah Beck and Clarence Davis, Elder Clarence Davis. Like, I've had people to help me and show me, like, how to go about uh, witnessing and how I should go about studying and how I should go about uh, what I'm doing in regards to, like, talking to people. And, um, and then also, too, it teaches you, I think, how to stay prayed up because you don't yes. know what you're going to encounter. Exactly right. And so your your it teaches you that your life at all times has to be submitted to God. It has to be. It can't be. <clears throat> you can't be um, take lax when it comes to your prayer life and, right. and spending time with God because if you're going to go out on the streets, um, and we always say you're going into the enemy's territory, right? Now, right? Like the church is, that's God's territory. Right. Well, the world is God's, but you, but you know, like we explained it, like you're going out into the enemy's territory and you don't know what you're going to encounter once you do that. So you want to be prayed up. Your life can't be up and down. Can you know what I mean? It, has, it teaches you to be consistent. Yes. And, and that's, you know, and I've learned that because, um, you know, just encountering people on the streets, you know, like I like you said, you know, and, and you don't know who you're going to come across, right. you know, and I would even say, even in the workplace, right, you right. know, you, you have to be prayed up because as an educator, you know, uh, I'm coming across a lot of young people that, you know, right, right. have some issues, yeah. you know, and a lot of them, I hate to say it, demon possessed, right, you know, right. and, and, you know, if I'm not prayed up, you know, what's my purpose in that school? Right. You know, what's my purpose encountering? Because even on the streets, if God says go encounter this person, you, you know, you know yeah. that if you approach somebody and you haven't been praying and you haven't been fasting, you already know. Not today, Lord. Right. <laughs> you know, and if you have to balk at that, something's not right. Right. You know. But when God says, I need you to go share the gospel with that person, we have to be ready. You know, the Bible says to be ready to give an answer. You know, we have to be ready. We have to be prayed up. You have to be at a place in God where you can explain the gospel of God, uh, of Jesus Christ. Or, you know, if this person has questions, you can answer it. So it's important to study the word. You know, evangelist or elder Paul Taylor and I came across a young lady that was, um, in Islam and she had questions and, and, and we gave her all the answers we had that, you know, this was a, a few Sunday nights ago and we both realized probably just, Hey, we got to go read some more, you right. know, right. <laughs> you know, it, it's never, you can never get to a place, you know, in God where you feel like, you know, the answers to everything, you know, right. and, and you don't have to read and you don't have to study or you right. don't have to polish yourself, right. you know, you have to go out and you got to continue to, to learn. I mean, it, this is an ever learning right. life, you know? Right. Um, and so you have to continue to read the Bible, seek God, because, you know, God can give you new revelations, yeah. not, not anything that's outside of his word, but right. you know, how to answer this person, how right. to approach, you know, these situations. And like I said, even in schools or the workplace, you know, we come across a lot of people that want to know, 
you know, and then a lot of times God will put you in a situation where he just wants you to tell that person what he says, you yeah. know. Is and, that rough in school, especially in this damn time where every, especially they don't want kids to hear anything in regards to Christ? It's absolutely challenging, you know. And we talk about it sometimes, uh, me and, and, you know, it's sad because I found myself in a school of maybe over 100, or maybe 150 uh, employees. Mm-hmm. And it may be only two or three of us actually live and say, mm-hmm. um, and then I may be the only one living holy, you yeah, know, according yeah, yeah, yeah. to the standards of God. And, but there are a lot of believers and you want to speak out, right. you know, you know, because you see the devil's agenda being pushed and right, it's, right. you know, and it's being easily tolerated. And it's okay, right? Like it's they, okay. They, they make it okay. It's for, okay. For every other religion to be talked about, everything right. else to be pushed. Yes. But, as soon as you start talking Jesus, yeah, you you, you got to go. You can't know, do that no. in the workplace, which which to me would testify that it's something about Jesus. It's something about what what is it about this man's name that you don't want to hear? Yeah, because we was just I was just telling my friends this with sports, right? We, they talked. They were like, "Oh, it's funny because when Tim Tebow was talking about yes. Christ, they wanted to get him out. Yeah, but now Quickly. everybody was they recently was celebrating them for doing Ramadan." Uh-huh. I was like, it, it was celebrated <clears throat> right. for, for, for doing their religion. Right. When he was talking about his religion, we don't we don't need that. They don't want to hear it. It's like this we don't need to talk about this. And, and you think about it, that was just that was just a few years ago. Yeah. It's even worse now. Yeah. You know, and, and it's coming to a point where educators are gonna have to choose a side. I've already chosen my side. Yeah. You know. And and because, you know, and and let me say this. We are there for a reason. Yeah, I mean, we are we are in every industry for a reason, but we're really in education for a reason, and that is because you're educating young people. Right. You know, the enemy. You know, he wants to get the young people to destroy them before they even have a chance to hear. So, anybody that in education, of course, you got to be smart, right. and you got to be wise about how you're doing it. But I don't compromise. I've right. always find myself, you know, LMCA was easy. Right, because right. it was a church school. Yeah, public school. Well, thank you. <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> I know. Thank you. That's why we sitting here today. Yeah, you know. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. But public school. You know, I've always found when I was a teacher that I don't care, and I never would bring it up. But God always opened up that door for me in every single class, and I would have, you know, sometimes seven classes. And then if it's block schedule, four classes, you yeah. know, a day. But somebody would always ask me, Miss, why are you dressed like that? Or Miss, you don't cuss. Yeah. Or Miss. Teacher stressing out the kids. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> when I went to, what I, went see, to, I don't I don't know that because I grew I went to Oh Illinois, listen. So. <laughs> listen. You know, we used, we grew up saying, you know, hearing uh this saying that people use curse words because they don't have enough vocabulary in their language. That's not true. Yeah. Because when I moved to public school, the, the teacher next door to me, you could hear him cussing out teeth, and I was like, whoa. So the teachers cuss kids now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Oh, it's man. kids. It's it's teachers. But, you know, uh, they, they would always ask me, and, and they would say, it's something different about you. What is it? Or they would ask, Miss, do you believe in God? You know, yeah. I always open that door. And it was in one instance, you know, I felt like, oh, I shouldn't do this. But then it was like, no. Because if God is opening up this door, it's somebody in here he wants to reach. Right. And I would, this is how I would say, you all ask me. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So since you asked me, you know, I'm obligated to tell you the truth. Right. And I would tell them the truth and I get off of it. And I promise you that happened in every class every year in public school. And I would have kids come back every year saying, miss, thank you. Thank you for telling me about that. You know, because there are kids sitting in there that they want to know. They need that hope, you know. And if we don't give it to them, then, you know, they're lost. One young lady told me, she said, thank you for talking to me about God that time. She said, I was really thinking about suicide. Now, I didn't know that. Right. And this was one young lady that sat in my class for nine months, didn't say one word. Mm. Nine months, never said a word, but wrote me a letter the last day of school and said it was the words that I spoke to her during that year about God that kept her from committing suicide. And I, you know, at that point, I said, God, I thank you. And so since that day, I said, anytime God opens up that door, I'm going to walk right through it because, you know, like Paul said, I got a charge to keep and a God to glorify. But bringing it today, it's even more difficult because you bring up Christ, they'll walk you out of the building right now, you know. Everything is being pushed. Right. You know, the the race war yeah. has been perpetuated in, in curriculums, you know. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> the LGBTQ agenda, yeah. you, you know, that's greatly tolerated. You yeah. know, not just tolerated, but it's like, hey, accept it, accept, accept it, accept it. But if you even try to mention Christ's name, shh, you can't say that. You Don't you dare. Everything else except you. As a matter of fact, I had one teacher, you know, it was a Bible. And that, you can't have that Bible. What do you mean I can't have this Bible? You got seven flags, you know, yeah. that represent whatever. You can have whatever you want. You have whatever. I mean, in the classroom, seven flags for the LGBT community. and I mean, yeah. just, just up. Yeah. You know, but I can't have my Bible. This is what I, this is what I, this is mine. This is my flag. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that's my, right. That's my flag, my banner, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so I can't have that. I'm sorry. If you can have your flags up, then I can have the word of God here on my desk. And, 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 but they're making it to where, you know, like I said, educators, after a while, we're going to have to choose a side. And you're going to have to be willing to lose this job or, or you know. It's getting like that for everybody, I feel. It's just going to be, it's coming down to it. And, Absolutely. Know, like you said, we're all going to. It's going to be that real separation effect. It's going to be that real separation. Whose side are you on? That's what it's going to be. Uh, you know, what I'm what I'm finding out, though, and I don't know if it's just an education, but, but that's the field I'm in. There is such an anti-Christ mm-hmm. agenda. It's just not the enemy pushing that. It's anti-Christ. Right. I've never heard so many people mock right. Christ in education. And again, it's so okay. It's so okay. It's so okay. But anytime somebody... You mean they can do? They can talk about all other religions, but Christ just seems like the one nobody wants. They don't want. Don't you dare bring His name up. You know, and they're they're calling it now. You're harming the children. Yeah. You know, if you talk about God loves you, you're harming them. You know, if you just talk about the principles of Christ, and they don't realize all these character counts things come from. Christian principles, you know, Um, but for me to go and say, Jesus loves you, then they literally get upset and say, you're harming the children. Hmm. That's real. Teachers need our prayers. We absolutely do. Yes. Um, I don't want to hold you too much longer. So before we get out of here, is there anything you would like to leave the listeners 
Wow. Um, I would just say, hold on. Hold on to God's hand. You know, life gets rough. You know, I've often said, you know, life hasn't always been good, but God's always been great. Mm. You know, um, hold on. You know, even when you can't see your way, he's there. You know, and I found that out, you know. Um, like I said, I used to th- wonder, is there a level to God's love for me? And then, you know, 2014, you know, God spoke to me and said, he's been there all this time, you know. So I don't care how rough it gets, you know. Find a scripture to stand on. Keep right. your faith in God. Keep, you know, keep your hand in God's hand and take it one day at a time. Yeah. You know, I used to, you get into this thing where I don't know if I can make it through this next month, you know. No, I've learned to take it one day at a time. So my daily prayer is, God, keep me holy today. Yeah. You know, this is what I've, this is what I've learned to do. Keep me holy today. Help me to be pleasing in your sight today. Yeah. You know, let everything I do put a smile on your face, you know, because I can't do it without you. Right. And in doing that, I stopped worrying about tomorrow. I stopped worrying about where where things might not go right. No, I take my time every day, every minute of every day, and I try to keep my mind on God so I can keep holding on and keep, you know, trusting in God. And, and when I get home, I can smile yeah. and say, oh, man, I did it. You know, yeah. I, I made it through that day, I, you know. But then it starts over the next day. Right. Keep me holy, God. And, right. and But hold on. Don't lose faith. You know, just keep your hand in God's hand. He will see you through. And no matter what, he's there. He's there with you. Yes, I love it. Thank you for coming by again. Thank uh, you for having me. I want to say this before you get off. I am absolutely so proud of you. Thank you. I really am. You say you want to, I'm one of your favorite. You have always been one of my favorites. And so I'm so proud of you. And I, and I pray that God continue to bless you and your ministry and everything you put your hands to. Thank you. It means a lot. Um, Absolutely. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and stop before I start crying. This has been another episode of the About Faith Podcast with me, your host, TJ Hawthorne. I want to thank you for tuning in. Man, this show wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for you. So why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And on all your social media platforms, share it with your friends. And until next time, be blessed.